Hey, and welcome to the Spoiled Milk Podcast. I am one half of the dynamic duo. I am DJ, and I got my good co-host, Big Mike. How you doing, man? Pretty good, DJ. How things going on your end? Everything is cool with me. Everything is good. Uh, Just wanted to tell you, may the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you also. <laughs> Great geek holiday. Normally, uh, I would oh, be knee, knee deep in Star Wars stuff right now, but uh, <laughs> we got to record a podcast, so I'll get to I'll get back to indoor oh, after yeah. this. No, yeah, me too, me too. I'll I'll probably go on to uh, Disney Plus. Shout out, free shout out, Disney Plus, and check out some of the old Star Wars. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of Episode Three. And Return of the Jedi, Empire okay, Strikes Back. The, the original, the original episode three before episode three. No, I actually like the new episode three. Okay, to me, so the, Revenge, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, yeah. Um, yeah really, okay, Anakin, uh, Anakin versus Obi Wan in the lava is like my favorite stuff from Star Wars. I think. Yeah, it's a great lesson. Have the high ground in everything. Have the high Always ground. Take the high right. ground. That's it. Oh yeah, lesson for all the kids to learn too. Yeah, because I'm gonna be honest with you. I have no idea <coughs> how how uh, Obi Wan even beat Anakin. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Like watching Clone Wars the show, uh, watching the movies, there is no way Obi Wan should have beat Anakin. Well, well, uh, yeah. Well, physically, I think you're right. I think it's just a good lesson on humility slash arrogance and overconfidence, disrespect of the master. And I read somewhere, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if it's officially canon, but it was saying that when um, Obi Wan was training Anakin, he always talked about the fight with Darth Maul, and he was telling Anakin how he was basically in this. Um, well, like like down that pretty much like a hole or a pit or whatever, holding on tight with both hands, and Darth Maul is taunting him with the you know with the double lightsaber and everything, and how he jumps out of the pit, flips over the back of him, you know, and then slices him slices him in half, and, and um you know it was saying that every time he told that story, Anakin just couldn't hear it enough, and Anakin grew up as a kid thinking that was the coolest thing ever, so. He basically wanted to do the same thing to Obi-Wan. He was going to jump over Obi-Wan, flip, slice him in half. But, you know, wow, the master okay. always teaches you everything you know, but not everything he knows. So it was pretty much saying that by telling him, I have the high ground, don't do it, that's pretty much meaning I know he'll do it if I tell him not to. So Obi-Wan basically set him up. So intelligence does trump. Trump's uh, physical skills sometimes. Wow, man, that is great. I have never heard that. That's, that must be in the uh, legacy canon, right? Like in the books and whatnot? Yeah, right, right. It was in, I can't think of it where, exactly where I read that, but it was it was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome, you know, knowing Anakin's personality, knowing that for, for one, he loved that story. He'd always dreamed about that move. And two, you know, he was so arrogant and, and if you tell him not to do it, that's gonna make him want to do it even even more. So he pretty much set him up for that. 
That that's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. So you just gave me something else to look for. If anybody uh, in the audience may be listening to podcast, you know what the answer is. Where we can find this? Please send us an email or hit us on Twitter. You can uh, send an email to spoiledmilkweb at gmail, or you can uh, just drop us a line on Twitter at spoiledmilkweb one, uh, or even on Facebook at spoiledmilk. Uh, just get that over to us because I really want to read that. I'm in the middle of the Thrawn trilogy right now, uh, so I'm enjoying that. But man, thank you for that. I never, oh, I never knew that at all, Mike. Thank yeah, you. thanks. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's welcome. Yeah, and, and and it really just makes perfect sense. It plays to both of their personalities that you know Obi Wan would uh, because it was it was really cool that they showed how defense was his strategy. And in certain parts of the fight, you can see Anakin just backing him up, you know, with all of these strong blows. But he's, mm-hmm. you know, parry and countering here and there and pretty much just waiting on this fight. And, hey, he found this fight. And and that is the thing that I did know about Obi-Wan, that his, his fighting style mm-hmm. is really based on other people making mistakes. He's yeah. very cautious, very patient, uh, you know. But I just look at it just mano a mano. Uh, you know, head to head, uh, the physicality of it. Just, I did not see that. Like, you know, even when you begin to look at Clone Wars in regards to what we got in film, uh, Anakin is totally different. And and yeah. you know, the Clone Wars is is canon. That's canon, right? So when right. you begin to look at his fighting style, who he is, uh, honestly, up until the end of what was that, season seven? I think with Clone Wars, where he he turns. Uh, well, you really don't see it in the show, but we know it happens. He turns right. uh, to the dark side to Darth Vader. I, I'm really, I really like that Anakin. I liked him. I was rooting for him just about the whole time. Uh, we, we're gonna have to uh, make a whole other episode uh, about uh, the the uh, intelligence of Jedi because they make a yeah. lot of crazy moves in the, in the Clone Wars. It's like, yeah. This guy is evil. They're like, ah, we don't know if he's evil. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. You don't know if this guy is evil. <laughs> he is. He is. Yeah. He has literally killed half a planet. What are you talking about? So, yeah, we go, we're gonna have to get <laughs> into that. Yeah, oh yeah, that'll be a be a great future episode and and break now where they really went wrong because to to basically look back on it, Palpatine basically manipulated them from the start. And he got them to train Anakin for him. And when Anakin was ready, he turned him to Darth Vader. And when Vader got crippled on Mustafar, that actually helped also because he was he would never be strong enough to basically take the throne from Palpatine at that point. Well, up until he threw him yeah. nine in the calf. But yeah, you know, so it, everything just kind of worked out for him well on, on every end. So yeah, that would be an awesome future podcast sort of diving into where the Jedi went wrong. Yeah, yeah, true. And and the only reason he could throw him down that shaft is because he was uh distracted. So that's yeah. that's something else. But we're gonna have to definitely do that, man. We gotta do like a feature length uh Big Bang I don't know Star Wars episode because you know I love Star Wars. You do uh again yeah. to all of our listeners. Uh, may the fourth be with you. We hope you guys are having a great day. Uh, put on your favorite Star Wars content, whether it's uh, the movies, whether it's Clone Wars, or a big shout out to Mandalorian, uh, what they're doing there. Dave oh, Mandalorian, yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and just, man, man, just, just some great content. 
coming out uh, oh, just yeah. of the House of Mouse. Uh, John Favreau, they're just doing a great job. And we got a birthday shout out to uh, one of our uh, to to our family. Mike, I'm gonna let you go ahead and take that while we're here. We can't forget to give the birthday shout outs to fam. Oh yeah, definitely. Today, May fourth, is my grandfather's birthday. Robert Hack Leverett, may he rest in peace. Yep, he yes. would. Not exactly sure how old he would have been today. He would have been, wow, I, th I think triple digits by now. Yeah, so okay. shout out to him today. He passed away a long time ago. Speaking of a galaxy, far a long time ago, a galaxy far, far away. He's been gone a long time, but I loved him in the short time I knew him. So happy birthday. Happy birthday after the fact, definitely. Hats off, salute, man. You got to. You know, out of all the things that we love, we love comics and all this stuff, but we love family, too. We believe in it. So if Definitely you're out there, you know, yeah, love your family, love on your family, appreciate your family. Uh, we can't get enough love in this world. Uh, things are crazy, uh, but oh, love yeah. will get us through all of this. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, uh, if we can just put something out there to make you appreciate your loved ones just a little bit more, hey, then our job is done man and speaking of uh, yeah. yeah yeah speaking of celebrations uh marvel just released a video uh man it just the, the celebration video for marvel studios it really hit me in the fields uh just a great video rehashing a lot of the old great things that we've seen uh as far as the avengers in-game spider-man uh one of my favorites ant-man you know, not a big fan Man. of that man in the comic, but yeah. I love him in the movies, man. I love Paul Rudd, uh, period. Uh, he's, he's great. What did you think about that, uh, that, that teaser video? Oh, I thought it was awesome. And, and it's kind of like, uh, two-sided, I'll say, you know, the first half kind of shows where, where we've been, you know, as you said, it showed clips from, pivotal points in the in the first section of the movies, you know, up into Endgame. And then the second half shows you kind of what's, what's coming next. It showed a quick clip of Ancoin Chi. They showed the Black Widow movie that's been pushed back five times and that we should finally get this summer. They also showed the Eternals. And, um, you know, before we started recording, you told me that you had a little bit of insight you wanted to share with the Spoiler Milk family about the Eternals. Yeah, so the Eternals is one of those teams that a lot of people, well, they're not really even a team. The Eternals are like a race. Uh, so, you know, very similar as far as anonymity with like the Guardians of the Galaxy. When we got the Guardians of the Galaxy movie uh, a few years ago, nobody knew really who the Guardians were. The Guardians that we got on film weren't exactly the guardians that were the original team uh in the comic books and the eternals they have a very i won't say muddled but they have a very long history in okay. the marvel universe so when you begin to look at the eternals the eternals were a race that were created by another group of beings called the celestials and the celestials okay. basically used earth as a petri dish it was a, a huge science experiment and what they did is they created two races of beings, or they created two types of beings. They created uh, a more barbarian, uh, uh, brutal race called the Deviants, 
And then on the other end, they created the Eternals. And the Eternals are, are basically a, a, this group that can resurrect every so, so, uh, so many years. Uh, they will come back they're, they're and hence the name Eternal. They're almost right. like immortal. They just come back and they come back. They have a pool that uh, that they use like for resurrection. Think of uh, uh, Ray Shagul's uh, yeah, Lazarus Pit. Lazarus yeah. Pit, yeah. And right. uh, Batman, yeah. So basically okay. that's what they're like. They come back. They're like a a, a, a race of demigods. So they come back and whatnot. Okay. And I do believe that they got their start in, uh, in, um, in Fantastic Four. So they got their start in the Fantastic Four. And that's where they basically come from. And the Celestials really talk about a, it's, they're, they're, they're one of the, the great beings of space. All right. So okay. the more we get into like the Fantastic Four, all of this stuff is pointing towards the Fantastic Four, the Eternals, uh, 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 Doctor Strange, and the uh, uh, Multiverse of Madness, uh, the, right. the, uh, quant uh, the Quantum Realm of uh, Ant Man. So all of this right. stuff is pointing towards the Fantastic Four, which I'm really gr glad about because a lot of the characters that we see, whether you see uh, uh, Black uh, Black Panther. Or you're looking at the Inhumans, or so many other characters started off Galactus, Silver Surfer. They all started off in the uh, Fantastic Four comic book originally. So seeing all of this stuff kind of come full circle, uh, it's really going to be great. And I'm really excited about the Eternals uh, and Fantastic Four, but more so Fantastic Four. But I'm excited about the Eternals as well. I am too. I'm excited. I don't know a lot about them. I don't know a lot about Quan Chi either. But I think it's just great that we're getting some content. It's kind of like 2020 didn't happen, you know, as far as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We didn't get very much then. So this will be good to just see that they're starting something new again. And I hope this is this means that we'll eventually get to X-Men. We'll eventually get everything. I won't say necessarily everything, but we'll get a lot of the things we've been hoping for and kind of looking for over the years. And I would like to see a legit Fantastic Four for a change. And I think they might do well if they introduce them in another movie, maybe give them a couple cameos before they go forward with a Fantastic Four solo movie because what well, they've, they've done three and they got progressively worse every time. So maybe just give us a cameo, show Reed Richards for five minutes and, we can see Sue and Johnny and the thing in the background or something, but let us know who they are, that they do exist in this universe, but maybe slow down a little bit before you try to launch a, another Fantastic Four solo movie. So I, I agree with you. I'm going to make a bold prediction here. I wish I okay. had a bell. Let's ring the bell. Let's ring ding, the bell. Ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, bold prediction, bold prediction. Okay. I think exactly what you said is going to happen. And I think it's going to happen in uh, Ant-Man and the, uh, what is it, uh, Quantumanium. I think right. that's going to be the movie where we actually see at least one member of the Fantastic Four. So okay. I think that, 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 yeah, I think that that Quantum movie, uh, the Quantumania, 
movie with uh, uh, with Ant-Man and the Wasp, that's going to be the movie where we really get the Fantastic Four. I think that's going to be it because you introduce or, or they're diving into the quantum realm. And we know that Reed Richards is the scientist extraordinaire. Uh, they may find him there. Don't be surprised if it happens, but I think that's going to be the lead up. Because uh, okay. as, as far as the release dates, when we look at the release dates here, we have uh, the Ant-Man and Wasp movie coming out. Then we have Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And then we have Fantastic Four. So the buildup is going to be there. So what, what my bold prediction is, is that okay. we're going to get... Uh, we're going to get a uh, one of the members of Fantastic Four in the Ant-Man uh, Wasp movie. Don't know who it's going to be. That's bold prediction number one. And bold prediction number two is uh, coming out of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, we're going to have another big bad that's going to be introduced there that, that probably will take us into the Fantastic Four movie. So okay. those are my bold predictions. Those are my both. I'm sticking with them. So okay. uh, we'll see if I'm right. All right. So time check, 2.57 p.m. Eastern time, May 4th. DJ has made the big prediction, the big bold prediction. If anybody has pen and paper, write that down so we can see how, how long it takes before we see whether this bold prediction comes true. I think you're right. And I also heard that Kang is the next big bad. I think we discussed... Jonathan Majors on a past podcast. He's rumored to be Kang. Looks like it's a very strong rumor. Kang has a very strong connection to the Fantastic Four. So he would be a logical big bad next time around. So yeah, we will definitely see. I think that's a that's a very good bold prediction. Maybe it's not quite as bold. Maybe it's more of a pretty pretty certain prediction. I don't know, but we shall see. We shall definitely see. Yeah. Well, I do know that Kang is uh, going to be in the Ant-Man and Wasp movie, right? Okay. So we do know that. So that kind of ties in with that, because if I'm not mistaken, Kang is a descendant of either Reed Richards or I think it's Reed Richards. I don't think it's Tony Stark, but I think Kang is a descendant of Reed Richards. So that, I heard yeah, yeah. We might be on to something there, man. We might, hey, look, we, we might make it big time off that one. <laughs> just might, for real, just might. And if anybody from Marvel is uh, listening to this, you know, contact us on uh, email, Twitter, any way you need to, smoke signals. And, uh, you know, we are definitely down if you need to hire some new creative consultants or, you know, get some uh, Q&A people to, to work, to, you know, help you work out some of these script ideas. Holla at us, as they say. That's it. That's it. Holla at your boy. Holla at your boy. Holla. <laughs> We're yeah. ready. Yeah. Definitely ready. The phone, is, the phone lines are open. All right. Phone so, lines are definitely man, open. That, that is Most my definitely. big bold prediction, man. That uh, I like that one. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see. I like you know what? Maybe that would be my thing. Maybe, maybe we'll have some big bold predictions going forward. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That's a good idea. Maybe maybe once an episode or every other episode, we can launch a bold prediction and just kind of see how long it takes before we get some confirmation on that bold, on that bold prediction. That's it. Don't no pressure though, right? No pressure. Every no pressure, episode, no, but no pressure. pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Exactly. Maybe maybe so every other. Into, uh, our the main reason why we're here 
uh, is a review of a movie. I'm going to let you take it forward. Take us into the next segment. Okay, the next segment. Um, I'm not sure how, how many people are Amazon Prime subscribers. If you are, check out Without Remorse. It's starring the great Michael B. Jordan. Um, basically, a quick synopsis. He's a special forces agent uh, slash Navy SEAL slash super soldier. You know, he's a he's a bad dude with a machine gun. So they're in uh, Syria. And to not spoil too many things, even though this is spoiled milk, you know, we can't guarantee nothing gets spoiled later because if we get out on a tangent, we might reach some spoiler areas. But for now, they're um, in an, in some kind of mission in Syria. Things go bad. And you can see this in the trailer, so this doesn't spoil anything. His um, wife, so, so basically after the mission goes bad, they all come back home and and at this point, it's like several months later or several years later, I think, he's retired from the military. They, they introduce Laura in London, who plays his wife. She she, she she does a good job. His very pregnant wife, I, I might add. And mm-hmm. so there's a plot to eliminate Michael B. Jordan, who plays John T. Kelly. So there is a plot by some unknown army at this point, uh, un, unknown organization to eliminate John T. Kelly and the rest of his his unit. So um, two of his unit members get killed. Then they attack John at, at his house. In the trailers, you pretty much get an indication that his wife, Pam, dies. So from there, it's a revenge story. And he gets revenge on these people without remorse. You know, hence the, the title. I actually thought it was it was very good. I really enjoyed it. What did you think about it, DJ? So I again we're we're not in spoiler territory yet. We'll we'll put a time code up there. Maybe we'll go to to that twenty five minute mark, but we'll put a time code up there. But without giving away spoilers, I, I will see, say this right about the things that were really really good uh, about the movie. So uh, for one, I will say the relationship between him and his wife was very believable. It was very natural, which sometimes in these movies. That, that spouse part is just kind of tacked on. And, right. and that, that when when it's good or when it's done well, it helps you to believe the anger that someone has, right? That you you really believe right. the anger, you really you really see why they want to get revenge. Because like you said, after after all, this is a tale of revenge. Uh some 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 differences there, and I'll kind of get into that when we get into spoilers. Uh, also what I liked about it is the tactical aspect of it. So when you're looking oh, at yeah. a movie, as far as, as far as when I'm looking at a movie, uh, this, uh, uh, you know, at least based on tactics or based on military tactics, what I'm looking for is not so much the believability because you kind of have to sustain, uh, suspend your belief in some respects, but how they go about breaching a room or how they go about uh, you know, uh, going after the enemy or how they, you know, duck and cover all these things. And throughout the movie, it was pretty believable in most parts. And even the part when his, when they, they invade his home, right? When they invade his home, they go into his home, the setup of why doesn't he get shot or why isn't he, you know, in the same location it makes a lot of sense right it makes a lot of sense 
as far as when they come in and they breach his home and they they go after him. It, it makes some sense as opposed to some other movies I've seen where oh, yeah. uh, the, the protagonist is there and they come in there and they're in the same room, but for some reason the, the spouse dies and the protagonist survives. This was this was a lot more believable. It was, especially when you get uh, you get further into the movie. It was a lot more believable. Uh, and then let me just say off the top before we go into spoilers, Michael B. Jordan does a good job. He does. He does an excellent job. Uh, yeah, he does such he a does. good job that I really think he carried the movie. I mean, as far as some of the other characters, that was some good performances. The lady that played uh, Greer, his his boss slash good friend, she was she was okay to me. She wasn't spectacular. She wasn't necessarily bad, but I think they could have cast another ten to twelve other women that might could have done just a good as just a good a job as she did. But this is Michael G. Michael B. Jordan's tour de force. This, if anyone asks you, hey, can this do that? And you say, yeah, uh, go to go to Amazon and check out Without Remorse. To touch on something you were saying earlier, I really like the realism of it too. If I can take you on a quick trip to my childhood, I was the biggest Arnold Schwarzenegger fan you will ever find. And he made Commando when I was a little kid. And in Commando, oh, Commando. Commando was awesome. It actually, when I was watching it and they were killing those two members of his unit, that took me back to Commando because uh, Arnold was was uh, Colonel Matrix and they killed some of his unit yeah. as well. So basically, and, and I'll be quick, this is this is without remorse and not Commando, but the plot was, you know, they <laughs> kidnapped his, his daughter and he has to go get her and he had no remorse either. And at the end of the movie, it's basically Arnold slash Matrix versus 50 well-trained South American soldiers. And he goes through them yeah. like a video game. It's like it's a straight like video fire. game. Yeah. yeah. Like he, he carries about 50 guns with him. I mean, there's no way anybody could carry all these guns, let alone use them. But basically, it's one man versus 50. He goes through, chops them all up. He beats the bad guy, saves his daughter. And, and, yeah. and at the end, he has a slight cut over his eyebrow, and you can see some blood coming down his face. Versus John T. Kelly. It looks very realistic. I mean, if five people break in your house and if you get to shoot three of them and then you probably will get shot by one of them also because these aren't just some clowns that, hey, I think we'll break in this guy's house. And to see him actually take some punishment, to see him go through some stuff too. And as you said, they they show the whole tactical aspect of it. They identify snipers. And, you know, they did different exercises. I'm assuming they teach you in the military to figure out where the snipers are. And to see people mm-hmm. not get shot 15 times and then, you know, they finally die. You know, they were showing these bullets to be pretty serious. And and the, the whole aspect of it where he didn't have time to grieve. You know, it wasn't like a long montage of him thinking back, you know, to good times with his wife and, it had a very realistic vibe about it, and it really makes you look at it like, hey, maybe this is what you know life as a military operative might be like. You know, it's it's cold and it's not as exciting and glamorous as it is in the movie. 
Yeah, and, and you know what? I'm, I'm just going to use that point right there to go into spoilers. Uh, because, oh, sure. You, you know, it's, that's just going to free us up to, to, oh, yeah. to talk about this a little bit more. Uh, you know, when we, after, well, first of all, a lesson for anybody out there, right? Like, I don't think we have any, uh, I don't think we have any commandos on the call, <laughs> but, but, but lesson out there. If, if you ever get caught by the CIA to do a black op, don't trust the information. Okay. That's yeah. number one. Because <laughs> you ain't getting the whole story. You ain't getting the whole story, Not right? They, they're supposed, uh, they're in Syria and they're supposed to be rescuing a hostage from Syrians. But when they go in there, they find out that they're up against Russian uh, paramilitary soldiers. It's and they're like, "What's going on here? What's happening?" And it's all based yep. off the intel of the CIA. So, so rule number one: if you're going to do a black op, don't trust the information from the CIA because they're gonna lie to you. That's movies have proven that over and over again. The CIA yeah. is going to lie to you. So, you know, I hope I'm not on a watch list because of that now. But it's true. Yeah, me too. So. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and if we are on some kind of watch list, we just might as well just press our luck. Movies have shown us that the entire United States government is not to be trusted. But finish your point. There you go. <laughs> hey, you know. There you go. Hey, in the words of uh, Red Man, if you're going to be a monkey, you might as well be a gorilla. I mean, they just might as well watch us for everything. So, yeah, the whole U.S. government is corrupt. <laughs> They can't lock us all up. They can't lock us, they all, lock up, us all up. Exactly. <laughs> so, so they go into this place, right? And they're like, man, what's going on here? And, and, and you know, they get into the firefight. The, the floor blows up somehow. I can't remember. Somebody dropped a grenade. No, it's an RPG. A guy walks RPG, in the room yeah. with an RPG. And you talk about something that clears out the whole room. Like, this dude mm-hmm. walks in with the RPG. Everybody like, whoa, like, what's going on? He blows up the floor. I think Greer fell through the floor. Yeah. Um, and, and then from there, you know, they get out, of course. From there, it's pretty much, you know, paint paint by the numbers up until they get back to the United States. And then what you see in this scene, man, this scene was kind of brutal. Uh, remember the guy who was having breakfast with his kids and his family? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, oh, yeah. He, he's just sitting there. He's one of the soldiers that was over there. He's going, he's having breakfast with his family, and his wife is like, hey, take out the garbage. He's like, all right, no problem. So he grabs the garbage, and uh, he's walking outside, and his daughter's, like, asking him to, like, take her take her to dance practice or something. And while he's, like, throwing the garbage away off camera, this van just comes down the street, and this is what you see on camera. They roll they, – I mean, they literally run him over. Uh, yeah. This man, that was a brutal scene, man. That was that was brutal. That was definitely that was, brutal. Yeah, yeah. That was a tough scene to watch. Uh, yeah. But it it you know it shows you how realistic or at least how serious these guys are that they're fighting. They don't care. This is broad daylight on a on a suburban street, and they're just like, hey, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna run this guy over. Uh, and then from there, uh, pretty much they go down the line of the whole team. Until they get to uh, Michael B. Jordan's house, and uh, was it John Kelly? Right, that was his. Yeah, John Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, John Kelly. So they they go to John Kelly's house, and the reason, and this is pretty, 
not that it was awesome, but it was pretty believable. Uh, the reason he doesn't get shot in the bedroom with his wife is because he's down in the basement listening to music. Right. And as he's listening to music, they cut the power. And almost immediately when they cut the power, I say to myself, you know, he's gonna listen, he's gonna lose that music because he's on Bluetooth and he's probably using the internet or whatnot. And then his laptop dies and then he tries to plug right. it in. So it was pretty good that they, they threw in all these small details in this movie. And I don't know, I know it's a Tom Clancy. It's based on Tom Clancy's story, but I don't know if the the story went that way or it went a different way. It diverged to another path. We know that Tom Clancy, uh, rest his soul, he, he passed a few years ago. But I don't know whether this is right. based on one of his novels or a short story or what, but it's just that small attention to detail that makes this work. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Tom, Tom Clancy was an outstanding writer, and they've made you know several of his movies, several of his books, into movies and I thought that part was good too because it, it because um you know they were showing him over in Syria when 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 he and Greer are about to escape and there's a there's a wall that they can't see around and but um he heard somebody make a slight noise and he shoots through the wall and hits one of the soldiers. So it really shows his perception is really strong and you know he has kind of that sixth sense to kind of mm. guess when danger is near. So by having the headphones on and listening to music, he didn't hear them approach. But then once he once his laptop died, it was kind of interesting how they showed him try to turn on a lamp or something. And then he he went and checked power somewhere else. And most people, you know, most average Americans would say, "Well, it's a power outage; it's no, it's no big deal." But he immediately goes to a trunk and, and grabs a pistol because you know he's wired differently. He's a soldier; he doesn't believe in random power outages. And I think it was good how they show that kind of that kind of intuition. It's another scene in the prison I thought was interesting. Um, mm -hmm. Greer comes to visit him in prison, and he says basically they've put me in this prison so they can eliminate me because it's mostly filled with Russian mobsters or Russia, Russian mafia. Mm -hmm. So they come to a cell, and this guy says, "Hey, Don, come come over here, come over to the slide in the door and." Have your hands behind your back, and we going somewhere. And and he he was pretty cool. How he says, "You can't tell me where I'm going. I'm not getting up off the bed." Basically, and it's yeah. just cool seeing how he how they send like some uh, prison guards in with plastic shields and riot helmets and riot gear, and he pretty much beats up three of them with with just a, a wet towel and. And he got the floor wet so they wouldn't have good balance because I guess he knew the floor was wet and. And he had bad feet, so maybe that helped his grip. I mean, it's pretty cool how, like you were saying, they write little things in to explain things a little bit better. Instead of him looking like a superhero beating up three guys with riot shields, you understand he had an advantage because he knew the floor was wet and, and he's better trained than them, of course. So, yeah, I, I th really thought it was it was written very, very well. It was a very good movie. Yeah, the only thing is, I'm only going gonna, gonna to call shenanigans. On okay. One thing. Okay. Shenanigans on one thing. Nobody has a sink in a in a jail cell. Nobody. That doesn't happen anymore. That, that's <laughs> not how that goes anymore. Not not a porcelain one. Not like that. They they may have a couple, but nothing like that. I mm -mm. I was like, okay, that's the only thing. But it's a movie. 
it's all good, yeah. right? Like it, it, it's not gonna be perfect. But yeah, you're right. That that scene, it really reminded me. It wasn't exactly the same, but it really reminded me of Captain America. Uh, uh what was that? Uh, Civil War. I'm sorry, okay. uh, Winter Soldier, rather. When he fought oh, sure. all the soldiers, yeah, all the soldiers in the uh, elevator. That was very reminiscent of that to me when oh, he was fighting uh, all all of those uh, all of those officers in that jail cell. And he, man, he was, man, he was giving them the business. He was giving yeah, them the business. Was. Just, those, oh, yeah. yeah, they didn't even need those riot shields. They should have just left that man alone. Leave that man alone. Leave that man alone. Exactly. exactly. He's already in prison and he can't go anywhere. Yeah, that's it. Just leave, leave that yeah. man alone. Let him do his thing and, and he'll be fine. So mm-hmm. it, it's a good movie, man, but uh, you know, he, he goes to prison. You know, long story short, and again, like you said, the the, the short montage they had of him rehabbing himself after getting shot. Uh, that was great. I really liked that. Uh, I did then too. from there, uh, then, then, man, he, he just went bold, man. He, he went to, uh, and what was that, the Russian consulate or something yeah. like that? He, the guy, the guy he, uh, he uh, burnt up the limo and then killed him. That was a yeah. bold move, man. That, that was, was that was very bold, but but yeah, but the title of it once again, once again, without remorse, he had to get the information, and that's what it took to get the info. Yeah, yeah, Can that, I that part was awesome. Yeah, it was that 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 scene was real good, and this is just a quick tangent, but I wonder why in movies when people are torturing you for information that you know and they don't know, why does everybody always tell the truth? Because if this dude has a gun to your head, tell me who the fourth person was. Do you have to tell him exactly who the fourth person was? Because you know he's probably going to kill you anyway, and he's not going to recognize whether this is the right person or not. So, yeah, but yeah, it was good. It was good. I'm going to call shenanigans. So <laughs> yeah, Kaiser Sose did it. Yeah, exactly. Nino Brown was the fourth, was the fourth shooter. Yeah, that's it. I'm I'm going to call a quick shenanigans for the end, not to not to spoil the end. But there's a mm. there's a scene where he basically held his breath just as long as Aquaman could could hold his breath underwater, and that seemed to be a little bit a little bit make you kind of rub your chin or scratch your head a little bit. But yeah, it was a, it was a very very good movie. Like I said, this is an outstanding performance by Michael B. Jordan. The performances by the other people were kind of, eh, you know, they were they were okay, but there didn't seem to be that foil. You know, the main villain in the movie wasn't really who you thought it was. The main villain was basically the U.S. government, and they didn't have that that equal. You know, they didn't have that Joker to the Batman or that Zod to Superman. This one person that steals just as many scenes as your hero. It was more of a more of a John Kelly versus the government instead of John Kelly versus this one spy or one soldier on the other side. But yeah, this was not very good. This was very good. Yeah, I, you know what? I will say the one guy he was looking for, was it Rykoff? Ry- yeah. Rykoff? Uh, I think that was his name. It he, was Rykoff, his, yeah. The, yeah, the actor who played him did a pretty good job. He didn't have many scenes. He didn't have many yeah. lines. But when he finally gets to that guy, 
you yeah. know, I know we're in spoiler territory, so I, I would say just go watch it. But when he finally gets to that guy, you you're watching this movie and you're like, yeah, that got crazy. That got crazy. Yeah, like, look, yeah, John Kennedy is he's yeah. extreme, but but this guy right here, like, no, don't mess with this guy. Just back out, let him be, leave him alone because that guy yeah. he he has no limits right there. And, and that yeah. th- that was a great scene that that ending scene, but. Uh, I, I would just have to say, yeah, I recommend a watch without question. I recommend definitely. a watch. Definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. yeah. If are we going to give give ratings, um, I give it four stars, four four jugs of spoiled milk, maybe. Yeah, yeah, four out of four. <laughs> I, I think you, I think you just created our rating system. <laughs> okay, all right, awesome, four. man. Four out of four jugs of spoiled four. milk. <laughs> that's it. Four out of four jugs. That's it. I like that. Four that's four that's good. Okay. Well, awesome. So that's good. So that, that phrase has been coined. Then okay. All right. So that's it in the book. It's been now. coined. It's you been coined. Created it. Awesome. Four Sounds out of four good. jugs. All right. Four All out right, of four jugs. Cool. Is four so, okay. I, I will right. agree with that, and uh, I'm going to go uh, and just say, man, I'm I'm right with you. Great movie. Watch it. The only thing I would say, and this isn't really a negative, is I wish that this was more of a series than it was a movie. Uh, I could have seen this working out as a series, especially seeing the way that it ended. Uh, I I could have seen it working out as a series more so uh, than a movie. But I'm glad we got a movie. Don't don't get me wrong. And it works as a movie. Uh, But in long form, if we had six hours of this, I think they could have fleshed out the story, story uh, just a little bit more. Uh, very similar to the first, the second season of Homeland. Uh, yeah. I think they could have fleshed it out a little bit more. But regardless of that, this is definitely a watch. Four out of four jugs of spoiled milk. We're giving it to you right there. Uh, you know, uh, that that's it. Go out and watch it, Amazon Prime. And we're going to switch to our last segment. Oh yeah! Uh, uh, Everyone knows that I'm a huge, huge, huge Invincible fan. Uh, Have been, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I love Invincible. Uh, Have been for a very, very long time. And uh, season one did not disappoint. And we are here. We're going to do a dream cast of Invincible. Who we would like to see. In, in the live action roles uh, for, for Invincible, uh, you're gonna hear it here first. Uh, just you know, I, I think I think this is gonna be great. So, Mike, we're gonna start off with you. We're gonna ask you just just for a couple of characters. Who do you have? And let's kind of talk about if we were to make our own. We're the casting directors. We're gonna make Invincible. Uh, let's get the cast together. So we're gonna go with who do you have in, in in your on your list for the cast? Okay. All right. Now, this uh, first one might be off the beaten path a little bit, but I've seen this guy. I haven't really seen him in a lot of things, but he looks like he would look pretty cool in the Omni Man costume. So for my first pick, Omni Man, drum roll, please. And I'm probably going to butcher this guy's last name. But for the for the role of Omni Man, I'm going to recommend Joe Mangianello. 
I probably Ooh. destroyed that name, I'm pretty sure. But um he's six five. He's pretty he's pretty muscular, but you know, he's not like the rock muscular, but he looks like he could look pretty imposing in the costume. He looks pretty cool with his his kind of black and white beard. So I could see him easily having the bottom of his hair, bottom of his hair kind of, you know, faded in gray. He looks pretty imposing. Yeah. Omni Man, John Mangianello. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I actually I, I know always mess up. Wife. From what? His uh, wife is um, pretty pretty famous. The um girl from uh, Modern Family. What's her name? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I brutalize his name as well. So, I mean, it yeah. happens. I, I know him, though, from uh, uh, True Blood. True he Blood. Was yeah. from True Blood. Yeah, the the werewolf guy or whatnot. He turned to the werewolf. So, I, I know him from that. That's Man, that's a good pick, man. I like that. I can see him. I can see him in that role. And physically, he's very, he's very imposing. Very, very imposing there. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he would fit, he would fit. I know he did, uh, he was dead shot in the uh Snyderverse, so I really could see him playing that role. Uh, he and I have seen his range of acting, right, where he can act real tough or where he can be very vulnerable, and I think that's that's important for that Iron Man role. I mean, Iron Man for the Omni Man role. You need somebody that's very vulnerable as well as uh, very stern and can be very imposing. Man, that's a great pick. A great pick. For Omni-Man, I had down uh, uh, Adrian Sadar. Uh, okay. And uh, he, he hasn't been in a lot lately. However, uh, he was on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was, uh, I think it was General uh, Talbot on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He did a great okay. job there. And he was also... Uh, on the heroes uh show he was uh, uh oh yeah Trelly. exactly yeah so yeah i can see him playing that role as well but but both of these guys, guys are very similar even though uh joe mangiano is uh he, he's a, a bigger guy of course but i still think that you know either one of these guys could do it. i think i like your pick though i i really okay. i really like your pick uh Thanks. i who do who do you have as invincible? Because I honestly <laughs> I can't see anybody now, but Stephen Yoon. I can't I can't see anybody. And shout out to Stephen Yoon of uh, uh, oh, yeah. another Michigan native, uh, another Michigan native here. So he's always shouting out Michigan. So I appreciate him not only for his work on Invincible, but also uh, his work on uh, the Walk uh, Walking Dead. Oh yeah, um, shout out to Glenn. Yeah, shout out to him, man. Shout out to Stephen Yoon, Glenn. Uh, great yeah. dude. I hope to meet him one day. Uh, he oh, yeah. seems like a really down-to-earth person. So uh, I can't see anybody else in that role right now. But but who do you have uh, in the role for Invincible? Okay, um, shout out to, to uh, Stephen, definitely. Shout out to, to Glenn Ree. Uh, when uh, Glenn left The Walking Dead, that, that cost them a lot of viewers, too. That was a – wow, that whole – Negan and uh, Lucille versus Glenn. But um, for Mark slash Invincible, this is going to make you laugh. Zach Efron. 
<laughs> You're right. <laughs> Zach Efron. I, you, you know what though? Zach is you know what? I can see it. I can see yeah. I didn't expect it. But yeah. now that you say it, I can see it. The guy the guy has the physique. He yeah. has the looks. He has a superhero look already. Uh, even he you, even wears his hair going kind of up like like Mark and Invincible does. I think he would he would really catch a lot of people off guard, and, and to see him in a more serious role, Mike would really be jarring. But yeah, Zac Efron as Mark and Invincible, and he's young enough, huh. so he's he now. I don't know, you know, most of these these actors, he probably would have to be Mark in college. I don't know if he could be high school Mark. Maybe he's Mark at 23 or so, and he's probably 29 in real life. Who knows? But I think he still looks young enough to play a, 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 a younger Mark. Yeah. That's, that's a good call, man. I can go with that. Zach Efron, even though I laughed about it, Zach Efron probably wouldn't be that bad. It, it was... You just caught me off guard with that one. I yeah. I know you mentioned it, that you were going to catch me off guard. You were absolutely right. Totally Definitely. off guard. Did not expect that. Yeah. So yeah. Ever, man. <laughs> man. Yeah. Yeah. I really think, I, I really think that would kind of catch people off guard for real. You know, if you're home chilling, whatever, and, and the Invincible trailer comes on and you're like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching. And then, Zach Efron comes on there and you realize he's invincible. Yeah. That that's good, man. That's good. I tell you what though, I got I got somebody for you here. I got somebody okay. for you, right? All right. So, so uh for the role of immortal, the role okay. of immortal, I, I got down here uh your boy and mine, the butcher, Carl Urban. I, Carl I got Urban, Carl yeah. Urban down for the mortal. Yeah, I can I can see him playing the undying guy. I can really say that. I can see that. And you know what? For for this role, he wouldn't even just let him have his his standard accent. He doesn't need to have an American accent. Let him have his regular accent. Oh and yeah, I think definitely. that would be a great great role for him, especially see him in Omni Man uh, face off. Um, yeah, you give him powers. That's that's really the fight that we'll never get in the boys, right? We won't get that superhero, uh, that super powered fight with Carl or Irvin and Homelander. So why not give it to us uh, in Invincible? Give us Carl Urban versus uh, Joe Manganiello or or Adrian Sadar. Give give it to us. Let's get Omni Man and uh, the Immortal fighting. Even though we know which way the fight's going to go, give it to me yeah. anyway. You know, totally agree go. there. Yeah. Oh yeah, there is there is no bad casting for for uh, for the butcher Carl, Carl Urban. Carl, if the 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 same guy that can be Bones and Butcher, man, dude is very talented. When I saw that that I knew Star Star Trek, and I'm like, you know, in the '60s they 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 made DeForest Kelly look like you know he was a lot smaller than than Shatner and a whole lot smaller than um Nimoy. So when mm-hmm. this one comes out and it looks like Bones is about six two and then two ten. It's like wow, but then once he starts talking and he starts acting, it's like this dude is bones. This this dude is a much bigger bones. And and to take a step further, I had no idea he was British until you know I started watching watching the boys and his British accent comes out. So 
Yeah, kudos to Carl Urban. I like that pick. Now, like, you can't tell. Look, man, it, these these guys are so great at these accents now. Uh, you have no like. It's like Tom Holland. Like if you hear Tom Holland's, you know, if you watch him in the movie, he has the accent, the American accent down. You have no idea that he sounds like Oliver Twist. Like, please, yeah, yeah. You have no idea he sounds like that. Like, oh, totally. Like, what? Like totally. Yeah. <laughs> you you have no idea. So I mean, Carl Urban, he has before. it down. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah just, I was saying the same thing about Idris Elba's accent. If if you had asked me, he was Stringer Bell, and he really was from Baltimore. And the, the, mm-hmm. until you know, saw him, and he's he's got uh, he's he's Luther, and he's a straight up Brit from Hockney or Hackney or whatever that is. Yeah, <laughs> Speaking of um, speaking of of accents, I'm assuming they would probably have robots in the movie as either CGI or a literal. You know, metal suit with a guy walking around in it and a person doing the voice. So I have a, a pick for a robot. This this is the one I told you earlier was going to catch you off guard. It'll be a little different okay. from what we got in the cartoon. But when I was thinking, all right, so this is an android, super intelligent, leader of its own crew, basically. Who would be the person, the perfect person to embody that boy, that voice? Paul Bettany, the guy that does vision. I could really see him being okay. a robot. Okay. And, and this role is a little different than vision, right? Because right. It's a little robot different. is good. Robot, robot is, is, is good at what he does, but he's not vision. Right. And uh, another spoiler right here, right? Okay. As we get... As 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 we go forward with Invincible, because it was just greenlit for season uh, two and three, which is good. I'm very yeah, happy about yeah. that. Me too. As we go forward, there are going to be a lot of character issues with Robot. Not so much, not so much where he's evil, right? But it's some character flaws there, and we're going to see those character flaws as the show goes on. So to go from a Vision, who was very uh, and Paul Bettany does a great job with Vision. What he did in uh, in WandaVision was amazing, right? Oh, yeah. Amazing there. Uh, did a great job there. But, but you know, I think as an actor, this would call on him having uh, or at least delivering the character to us, even though it's still a, a synthesized character, a synthesized character to us in a different way. Uh, and that's the attractive thing. But I think that's a great pick, man, Paul Bettany. That's, that's really good. Right. That's really good. That's okay. really good. Uh, I got, this is my last one. I got a couple other ones, right? I got I got a couple other ones, but this is going to be like my real, this this is going to be my last one for this uh, episode. And we're kind of, we can, we can do part two or we can do the second casting at another point. Oh, yeah. But Definitely. this is my last one for the day. Uh, so this is a character that has not been introduced yet. But a character, nonetheless, nonetheless, that is very important to the story, and very important as far as, uh, as yeah, to the story, and as far as the progression of Mark Grayson as Invincible. Uh, this character is a Viltrumite. This character is uh, deadly. When I say deadly, this is the guy they send 
to put put planets in line that don't want to fall up under the Viltrumite uh, the okay. Viltrumite regime. This is the guy they sent, right? Like if things ain't going right, this is the guy they sent. His name is Conquest. Um, okay. And if you have not read the comic books, man, look, anybody who likes the Invincible show, there's a reason why it's so good. The source material is great. And I would always advise people, like, if you love it, like, you love this stuff, support the source material. Support the comic books. Go out there. Find your local comic book shop. Find your, your I used to go to Barnes & Noble sometimes, but find that local comic book shop. Support the source material. That way we can continue to have this stuff. But this guy is in the comics, and the, the fight that he has with Invincible. So just for reference sake, the fight that he has with Omni-Man in the comics only lasts really one comic. It's really just one comic. So all of episode eight that you get in Invincible, season one, that's one comic. The fight okay. that he has with Conquest, the fight that he has with Conquest is four comic books. Four comics. Oh, wow. Okay. That's how long it's four comics long. And it is brutal. It is ugly. It is bloody. And for that role, you got to have somebody big. You got to have somebody strong. You got to somebody, have somebody who can chew up uh, movie time and screen time. And for that, I'm going with none other than Dwayne The Rock. <laughs> I saw that coming. I saw that coming. That's you all. saw it coming? Hey, look, I saw that it, coming by the build-up. By the build-up. <laughs> yeah, by the build-up. <laughs> The <laughs> hey, he he's huge, man. And having him go against Zach Efron, yeah, I think that'll work. I think that'll work. <laughs> I, I think that'll work. And he and he's not a good guy, right? He's a very bad guy. He's a very yeah. rough and tough guy. So that that's my that's my dream cast for Conquest: Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I can see that. It's kind of funny they would in uh, Baywatch together. So that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool for real. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, yes. I'm, I'm on. I would, I would love to see the Rockets conquest too. Yeah, that sounds yeah, great. That's I'm an awesome great cast. Yeah, uh, I think we we pretty much wrapped it there. We're gonna have to do this again, man, because we got. I didn't even hit my Adam Eve character or uh, Cecil. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't hit any of those because uh, we got. You can't give everybody everything, right? Oh yeah. If you guys like yeah. this. Let us know, uh, you know, respond. Uh, you can you can uh, uh, send us an email at spoiledmilkweb at gmail. Uh, if you got maybe a Dreamcast you want to see and, and see what our take is for a certain movie or genre, uh, you can email us. You can uh, get, get at us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at spoiledmilkweb1. Uh, you can also connect with us on Facebook. On Facebook, we're Spoiled Milk. Uh, but please, just let us know. Maybe you like Maybe you like this episode. Maybe we need to go into more reviews. How do you feel about our rating system? Uh, four out of yeah. four jugs of spoiled milk. Uh, let us know. Connect with us. Uh, maybe it's something you want to hear us go over specifically. Let us know your favorite Star Wars movie or maybe your favorite genre uh, uh, or favorite trilogy. And, and we'll definitely review them. Look at it. Go over it. That's what we're happy to do. Uh, but exactly. we're really here for you guys. Yeah, we're really exactly. here for you guys. Uh, Mike, you want to take us out of here? You got anything on the shelf or anything like that? Uh, yeah. Um, 
Uh, this this is uh, definitely definitely on the shelf. This might be an unpopular opinion with some moviegoers, but I'm actually a big fan of the Fast and Furious movies. And I saw number nine. I saw the trailer, well, the trailer actually, <laughs> Fast and Furious 9 the other day. And I was seeing all of this wild stuff they're doing. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely go see that. So I would like to dig into that trailer a little bit more and uh, see when it's coming out. But um, I'm not sure if that's going to be theaters and HBO Max. I see most of the movies are doing the HBO Max tie-in or if that's theaters only. Mm-hmm. So looking into that a little bit further, it's definitely on my shelf, and I think it might be about time for Vin and the boys to kind of wrap this up. We don't need to go too many more into the Fast and Furious movies. I, th- I think nine is probably enough, or maybe ten, give it a good round number. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm okay. gonna get right. the Fast and Furious movies. So you know what I'll do because my son and you have both been telling me I need to watch the Fast and Furious. So shout out to my son Jamal. Shout out uh, to the oh, yeah. yeah, he been telling me. So you know what I'm gonna do? Uh, I will make some time to catch up on the Fast and Furious. Uh, oh, that yeah. way, when nine comes out, I'll be ready. Maybe we, we, what we should do is let's do this. Let's let's put a note for this. Let's do okay. a future episode. Let's do a Fast and Furious episode. Let's That'd just go awesome. through them. all all That'd the movies. Awesome. Oh I, yeah, I, I, I know I've seen the first two at least. And okay. maybe the fourth one. I don't remember Tokyo Drift, but I'll commit to watching those, and we'll do a Fast and the Furious episode relatively soon. Uh, okay. Before the ninth one comes out, maybe we'll do a Fast and Furious episode, and then we'll just go through all of them. We'll we'll throw them all in the box, and we'll see what comes out alive. How about that? Okay, awesome. Sounds great. And since you've watched one and two already, Tokyo Drift is technically the third one. Okay. But don't don't watch it next. The story of, of Tokyo Drift takes place out really? of order. Yeah, and it's been a while since I watched them, but I think it's one, two, four, five, and then Tokyo Drift. I'm not really? if I'm, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the um the I'm I'm not really sure what the what the idea was with it, but yeah, that one that one definitely takes place out of order. I will I will hit you after the podcast with the right order to uh, definitely check those out on but don't watch Tokyo Drift 3rd alright okay that you know what thank you I did not know they had their own Marvel timeline I had no idea yeah so, yeah, yeah definitely definitely kind of confused the timeline yeah. a little bit yeah exactly yeah that's pretty good man that's, that's pretty good that's pretty good uh, uh I guess on my shelf you know being that this is May the 4th uh, you know, my favorite Star Wars movie has been, uh, you know, I will say it's a, it's a, it's a close tie now for my favorite Star Wars movie. Cause I got, you know, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Of course. And, uh, Rogue One is, Rogue One is really good to me, man. I really like Rogue One, but, uh, like on Rogue my One. shelf, I gotta leave, uh, Empire Strikes Back gotta stay up there. It's gotta stay up there. So I'm, I'm probably gonna end up watching that tonight or at some point. Uh, so that's on my shelf, and I'm just going to say, any of you Star Wars fans out there, watch something Star Wars, let's celebrate, let's celebrate together. It's uh, one of the few things that still brings us together, so I would say let's do this. Uh, I, I just want to, you know, I, I know you're going to take us out of here, Big Mike, but I just want to thank our audience. Uh,
for, for continuing to support the podcast, for sharing it, for being on with us, for listening. Uh, we're continue. We're committed to doing the best podcast we can, and I just want to say thank you. Oh yeah, definitely, and I will. I will echo that. Thank you. Um, the, the podcast wouldn't be the podcast without the supporters, the fans, friends, and family. I'm definitely going to watch something Star Wars today as well. I'm going to take advantage of this May 4th. I might do the Revenge of the Sith, um, that episode three, see that, that um, Mustafar battle again, might do some Empire Strikes Back. I will not watch seven, eight, or nine today for sure, because those three should be taken out of the Star Wars universe altogether. Oh, I might yes. watch the Clone Wars or something Star Wars will definitely be watched today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, thank you guys again for joining. Uh, until we meet again, please email us at spoiledmilkweb at gmail. Uh, you connect with us again, Twitter, spoiledmilkweb1, Facebook, spoiledmilk. And until we all speak again, have great days. Have a great day, and may the fourth be with you.